I'm jacked up. I'm jacked up. I'm talking about jacked up. Uh, so when uh, we found out we was coming to Florida, we found out we was coming to Florida, people around, oh, y'all are going to the beach, you're going to the beach. So I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. So I'm going, I want more. I want more. I want more. And then so I'd, uh, I mean, I declared a, declared a fast in my life. Man, I started just pressing in, pressing in, pressing in. I knew we was going to war. Hey, look, hold on a second, hold on a second. Hang on a second. Because I knew we was going to war. Do you understand? Listen, 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 listen. So uh, when we got here to this campus, we showed up here. They got here before me because they drive faster than me. And it, just kidding. I had to go see my parole officer. They love me. And so uh, they got here before me. When I pulled up on this campus, I instantly knew. I said, the Lord is here. The Lord is here. And so we pulled up there, and I was like, oh, man, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Go in the house, see the girls. We unpack our clothes. I'm like, what are we going to do? Let's, let's pray. Let's do something. Let's pray. Come on. And so Friday night, we hit the campus, man, and we prayed. And then uh, praise the Lord. And then so Saturday, we went to the beach, and I got, just want to let you know something. <laughs> got a couple of rules that some people from Florida might want to tell you. Number one, if you're on a jet ski and you're going at a high rate of speed and you come off the jet ski, close your mouth. <laughs> Number two, salt water does not hydrate you. <laughs> Guaranteed. And the third thing is tie your bathing suit really tight. Okay? Those are definitely the three things that need to be talked about before you decide to get on a jet ski. Uh, especially with me. We're going fast. I like to go fast. Uh, so welcome to Florida. Hallelujah. Next thing. Next thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know exactly what I was expecting, but this wasn't it. Hey, but this wasn't it. Been to two places in my life. Two places in my life where there's a start time, but there ain't no stop time. Hey! Hey! Listen, this is number two. Praise God. Praise God. I told you I'm jacked up. Y'all ain't seen nothing yet. Mm. Man. Hey. Jacked up as a bobcat in a phone booth. Come to Arkansas, you'll find out what that is. Mm. We got a present for you, brother. We got a present for you and your wife. Come here. Come here. We got you a couple of Hope Diller T-shirts. Amen. Holy with a henna hood. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, pray with us. Don't play with us. I'll knock you out in the Holy Ghost. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. So I was, uh, man, I, you know, I think it's so important, so important, so important. Number one, you know who I am so you can understand. Man, my name's Dusty Burke. I was born into a home of addiction. I grew up watching my mom and dad shoot cocaine in the living room. Right from the very beginning, you would say I didn't stand a chance, and I didn't. 
By the time I was eight years old, I was smoking pot. By the time I was 16, I was a needle junkie. And by the time I was 18 years old, I was locked up in the Arkansas Department of Corrections. I've been to prison nine times, brother. Nine times. Man, I know every demon, every dead gum demon in hell that you face, I don't know them intimately from A to Z. It don't matter what their name is. I can promise you they're all punks. They ain't got nothing on Jesus, okay? I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. Hey, look here. When we came here, when the Lord called me, I wasn't looking for him, Jared. I wasn't looking for him. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story, but I'm going to kind of narrow it down because we've got some other things we want to share with you and tell you about. Is that, uh, man, it was my eighth release from prison, and I'm sitting at home, and I'm doing the same things that I always did, scraping up some dope, getting ready to sell it. And then uh, my phone rings, and it was my grandma. I don't thank God for praying grandmas. Thank God for praying grandmas. Then I was scraping my dope up, getting ready to sell it. My phone rings. My grandma, she said, Dusty, I've been praying for you. And God told me he's going to get you, put you back in prison. Because that's the only place he can do anything with you at. I said, I'm not doing nothing wrong. Then hung up the phone. Wasn't me. You can laugh. It's okay. Hung up the phone. Wasn't me. And I called my friends at Fort Smith. And I said, hey, y'all need to send me some money. They're coming to get me again. They said, okay. So send me $100 down there to Walmart. So I run down to Walmart, get my $100. And I got to pause for a drink of water. I still got cotton mouth from the salt water. <laughs> Not even kidding. And so uh, they sent me $100 down there to Walmart. I go down to Walmart and I fill my truck up with gas. Bought me a pack of cigarettes and I had $33 left. And I get to Fort Smith, Arkansas. Get to the trap house. Praise God I'm in a crowd that knows what a trap house is. <laughs> So I get to the trap house, and I do the same thing. I walk in, you know, give me some dope, man. Do me a big old shot. And I said, man, what do y'all do here for fun? They said, we got a casino. Tweakers like bright and flashy things. So we go to the casino. They do. You see them with flashlights in their mouth. It's okay. And so we get to the casino, and I took my $33, and I put it in the machine. I'll never forget. called a money bags machine. I put the button once. Nothing happened. Hit it twice. Nothing happened. Hit it the third time. I won $8,000. Bam. You don't give a junkie $8,000. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. But God had a plan. And so I take my money. I did what any junkie would do. Went and bought the biggest sack that I could buy and went and got a girl. And we go to a motel room. Now, with that kind of money, you need to go to the Hyatt, to the Regency, or the Marriott, and the Hilton at least, right? I wanted the Flamingo. It's got half a star ring on Google Apps. It's a real classy place. So we get there to the Flamingo, and I give her some, and I make me up the biggest shot I've ever made in my life. And... That's when it happens. You know the one that you hear about on the news? You read about in the newspaper? Junkie OD'd. Another junkie found dead. Another child's life destroyed. Another family ripped asunder by the power of the enemy because the enemy won that battle. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? I don't know how long I laid in that motel bed, but I was dead as a doornail. And when I came to, there was a man sitting on the paramedic, still sitting on the side of the bed, and he still had the defibrillators in his hand, and I raised up out of the bed, and he looked at me, and I looked at him, and he was just as proud as I was. He said, what's your name? I didn't know my name. I didn't know where I was at. I knew absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing. And I laid back on the bed, and I looked over to the right, 
and there was three women standing there, two brunettes and a blonde, and they smiled this smile at me that I'll never forget. And then a silver flash, they turned and disappeared to the right. As I'm scanning the room there in the doorway stood a man. He was about six foot three, he had blonde hair parted down the middle, where eyes were blue, brown, and green at. His eyes were black like the stone onyx. And he looked at me and he spoke to me, but he didn't speak with his mouth. He spoke with his spirit. He says, You're bought at a price. You're not your own. This is your last chance. And then he turned in a silver flash going the other direction. Now, as soon as he and I broke eye contact, I remember dying. I remember going to the outer darkness with his weeping of teeth. I want you to understand, I went to a place where the darkness was alive and the darkness had its own fear-causing capabilities and the only thing I knew was, number one, I knew I did not know God. I knew I did not know God. The second thing that I knew was that I died as a drug addict 150 miles away from my home, didn't care about my mom, my kids, or my grandma, or do anything about it. And the third thing that I knew is that my mom, my kids, and my grandma knew their son, grandson, and dad died as a drug addict 150 miles away from home and was going to spend eternity in hell because that's the life that he chose. They knew that. And that's the light, that's the weight that I created in their lives. That's what I did. After that vision was over with, I don't know how long it lasted, but after it was over with, it's picking me up and they're putting me in handcuffs and sending me off to Sebastian County Detention Center. And so, man, I've been to jail and prison. Man, I've been to prison nine times, jail hundreds of times. Man, it didn't hold no fear for me. I wasn't scared, but I was quivering on the inside this time. There was something shaking. Something shaking in me. I didn't know what it was. I said, Bert, you're going to BB-15. So I went and grabbed my stuff up, and I walked down the hallway. The door slid open, and I stepped in. The door slid behind me shut. There's a man sitting on the bottom bunk, and he's writing. There's a guy on the top bunk, and he's reading. I looked at the guy on the bottom bunk, and I sized him up because I'm not going to sleep on the floor. He is. And so I set my stuff down. I took my shirt off, and he seen my tattoos. seen all my gang affiliations all over me. He says, oh, you're affiliated. I said, yes, I am. He said, well, hold on. I am too. And he stands up, and he takes his shirt off. And on his back was a cross, and the sign read, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Oh. Hey! <laughs> but God. Listen here. He said, I'm a Christian. That man's a Christian. That has no dominion in here. Hey. Woo! And I, I felt like somebody kicked me in the back of the legs and I hit my knees and I started sobbing profusely. And I instantly knew the prophecy my grandma had spoke. Didn't even know what a prophecy was. But I instantly knew the prophecy my grandma had spoke against me had come to pass. But God was going to get me, put me back in prison because that's the only place he can do anything with me at. And I was down on my knees and I was crying. I was bawling. I was breaking. I was being ripped apart and I didn't know what was going on. I cried for three days. I cried for three. I didn't know a human body could hold so much water. But I cried for three days. And at the end of the three days, in come these silly men, these silly Gideons. In come these men waving their Bibles around. Who wants a Bible? Who wants a Bible? Who wants a Bible? And I knew I had to have one of those things. So I run up to this man. His name's Bill Freeman. And he gives me a Bible. And he hands it to me. He gave me a little one. You know those little brown ones. You've seen them, right? Those little brown ones. I grabbed it and I looked at him. And I looked at it and I looked at him. I said, man, that's not going to work. I'm jacked up. I'm going to need a big one. <laughs> Dead serious. I said that. So he handed me a big blue one just like this one right here. This right here. He handed me this Bible. And I didn't know where to read. Like I said, I wasn't looking for God. I didn't know God. I don't know who he was. I didn't know nothing about him besides, whoo. What I knew of God ain't what I know today. Do you understand what I'm saying? What I knew of God ain't what I know today. I'd been lied to my whole life. You know what I'm saying? I'd been lied to and I didn't want nothing to do with him. Why would I look for him? He ain't got no power. But so that's all what I was taught my whole life. You dress up, you go in there, and you sit down, and you shut up. That's it. Listen here. So I grabbed that Bible, and I went back to my cell, 
and I didn't know where to read at. I didn't know what to do, and I opened it up, and I put my finger down on Jeremiah 1.5. I ain't no coincidences with God. He said, I knew you before I formed you in the mother's womb, before I knit three parts together or danger your prophet to the nations. Hey! Then he told me, that I was fearfully and wonderfully made in his likeness and his image, that I'm an overcomer, that I'm more than a conqueror and can't know that gum height or depth or principalities or powers nor angels nor demons or nothing in all creation can separate me from the love of God through Christ Jesus our Lord. And then he gave me a mission, go forth in the power and spirit of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the ways of the wicked and the righteous, preparing a people for the Lord. And then it gets even better than that. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon you for he's anointed you to preach the gospel of the poor, the opening eyes of the blind, the release for those that are bound in darkness, the binding up of the brokenhearted, hey, and the opening of the prison doors. Listen, I told you I'm jacked up. Hey, he started a fire in me in Sebastian County Detention Center. Started a fire that ain't been put out to this day. It ain't been stopped. It won't be stopped. Jeremiah said, woe is me if I don't speak for it's like a fire shut up in my bones. How can I not speak about him who's done so much for me? Let me tell you what. I had nothing in my life. I had absolutely nothing. 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 But I had God. But I had God. I want you to know that if you're the broken, if you're despised, the rejected, the ashamed, the guttermost, the one that's been outcast and laughed at, he came for you. Hey, he came for you. It's you. It's you. That's who he came for. He came for you. Man, I agree with everything you said this morning, brother. I agree with you 100 completely. I'm talking... <laughs> Man, I didn't. Listen here. Oh, Jesus. 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 But I didn't come here tonight to preach. Tonight I came here to show you my heart. Tonight I came to show you my heart. What's been done for me? What's being done for them? This was born on a prison cell. Is where this was born at. This was born on a prison cell. And I'm going to show you how it was born. I'm going to show you just in case you ever, ever want to know. This is how it was born. Just like this. where it came from but it wasn't just me stand up my queen stand up that's mine that's what God gave me that's mine that's mine guess where she was at she was there on the floor too the prison cell right there on the floor she's been to prison two times two times she don't look like a convict I don't look like a con maybe I do I don't know <laughs> I look I look like Joel chapter 2 for I'll restore the years, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the locust of eating. He's going to give it all back to you. Every bit of it. He'll give it back. Better than before. Better than before. Better. I'm telling you it's real. Brother, I'm telling you what it's real. 100% real. This cry of victory, it's real. It's real. Every chain was broke off right here, set asunder. Don't you answer your phone. It's over with. It died right here. It's done. 
done. Pack your bags, come to Arkansas. Just like that. Come to Arkansas. We ain't jacking around. Listen here. Listen. Listen. I don't even know where my papers are. There they are right there. There they are right there. I want you to know where this fire came from. And I want you to know that we're not the only ones. That we're not the only ones. There's a movement being born. There's a movement being born. And I'm going to liken it unto another movement real quick. And I haven't done this in a long time. But uh, there was a movement at one time called the Jesus Movement. Does anybody in here remember that? Nobody. Wow. Wow. I'm going to tell you what. It was made up of the hippies. Y'all know what barefoot hippies are? Yes. It was made up of the hippies and the drug addicts. It was a revival called the Jesus Movement. And I encourage you to look it up. It spanned from the late 60s to the very early 80s. That's a long movement. I'm telling you what, he's doing it again. He's doing something different. He's doing something new, and it's coming from us. It's coming from us. It's coming from us. The outcast, the prisoner, the addicted, the broken, the guttermost, the rejected, the despised, the ashamed, the ones in the fancy little churches set up their little suits and ties. Not making fun of suits and ties. I'm sorry because I've seen people wearing them. What I'm telling you is, sorry. Listen, 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 listen. Man, he loves you. He loves you. And there's a movement being born. I'm telling you what a Holy Ghost movement being born and it's getting ready to break forth and take place in this nation. It's getting ready to break forth and take place in this nation and we will rise up and we'll sing the praises of our God. We will shout the praises of our God. We will stand united in Jesus Christ. We'll lay our hands on the sick and they will recover. We will cast out demons. We will speak in new tongues. We will shout and we will dance and we will glory in Him. Oh, oh. Man, I want to read something to y'all. And then I'm going to let a couple of my girls share their testimony. This is out of the book of Isaiah. I've been reading the book of Isaiah again because I love that book. Of, I love the book of Isaiah. I absolutely love it. And I'm going to begin. It's Isaiah in 59. Isaiah chapter 59. And we're going to start in verse 17. We're going to start in verse 17. Uh, Isaiah 59, verse 17. Isaiah 59, verse 17. If you wonder why I take my glasses on and off, it's because I use them for seeing, not reading. All right? Verse 17. Let me know when y'all ready to rock and roll. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Praise God. Verse 17. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and he was clad, clad with, a zeal, with, with zeal as a cloak. I want to skip down to verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in, the, in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord God, right now, Father, 
Lord, I surrender to you. I surrender all that I am to you, God, that you would just have your way. Have your way here tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Listen, I'm just going to speak to you for just a second. Just a second as I was, uh, I lay before the Lord today and, and, and he woke me up with, with, with a start. And I had a dream last night. I'm not going to tell you about the dream yet. There's going to be time later. Listen, I want to speak to you real quick, quick on zealousness and on the fire that rages within. This hunger, this thirst that will never be quenched, that will never go out. I want to speak to you about this zealousness real quick that rages within me because I'm zealous for the Lord. I'm hungry for him. I want more of him. I want more of him each and every day. I wake up in the morning and I want Jesus. I want Jesus. He's the first word on my lips. I don't understand it because I'm, I don't understand it and I don't want to understand it. Listen here. we got <clears throat> Calm down. He chose the fullest things of the world to confound the wise. And I promise you I'm a fool for him. I promise you that I'm a fool for him, that I'm going to represent him on aisle four in Kroger. It don't matter. Y'all got Kroger here? No? Piggly Wiggly? Piggly Wiggly. I love Piggly Wiggly. They do exist. Hallelujah. Listen. Listen. It's about him being the very first thought in your head in the mornings. He will create a fire and a hunger with you in you that will never be quenched, that will never go out, that will never stop. It will never stop. I promise you, the enemy cannot steal that fire from you. He can He can try. He can try, but I just read it to you that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift a standard up against him. He will lift a standard up against him, and he will not overcome. He will not prevail. Listen here. The thief come to steal, kill, and destroy. My God, to give life and life more abundantly. Life and life more abundantly. And I promise you that if you would just ignite yourself, fan of the flame, that the gift that was given to you by the laying on of my hands. That's what Paul told Timothy, Right? So that if we would lay our hands on one another and impart to them some spiritual gift. Paul wrote to the Romans, he's like, I long to come and see you so that I can impart to you some spiritual gift. Listen, oh, I love this place. Because I see it happening up here at this altar. I've seen it happening through these, through these aisles and through these pews. I've seen the Holy Ghost sweeping up and down through here. And fires being ignited in people. And people singing with their hearts and loving on one another. And love is the answer. The pastor and love is the answer. That is the only answer. Love is the answer. And that love will be born inside you. And when it's born inside you, the enemy can't put it out. And you'll become zealous. You'll become on fire. And you'll sweat. Hey, look here. You'll sweat for him. Sorry to drip on you. It's holy water. Listen, it's holy water. It's holy water. Now I'm going to stop for just a second. I'm going to let my, I call her my secret weapon. And I'm going to tell you about Nicole real quick. I'm going to tell you what's so crazy about this stuff. We're convicts, right? Me and my wife, we're both still on parole. She's almost off. Does it make any sense for the cops to call you and tell you to come pick somebody up? Does it? It don't, right? It don't. Come here, Nicole. Tell them about it. Go ahead. So, uh, I'm Nicole. So, uh, meow, meow. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, the only way that I was able to get out of my addiction was being brought to a place where I'd never been before with a friend of mine. We were both in our addiction, doing the wrong things. Um, bring me to the point where Dusty just left off in just a minute. <coughs> we got pulled over, traffic stop. Um, 
I knew that I wasn't going to be walking away from the traffic stop. Apart from the multiple felonies that was in the vehicle, I had a warrant out for my arrest in Garland County, where was where I was from. <coughs> so after after the pills that were magically scattered around the, <laughs> floor, the ground and the needle they found in my shoe, um, they knew by me pleading to God for him to for them not to find anything else in the vehicle, that I was, I was, I was ready for help. Um, they call Tawny and Dusty at Hope Dealers, which I was not aware that the Hope Dealers facility was two blocks from where the traffic stop was, because I was not from there. Um, <clears throat> so Tawny and Dusty were on the scene of the traffic stop within 10 minutes, and they talked to me about the facility at Hope Dealers, and they also talked to the police about OR me into their care. Um, instead of taking me to jail and let me sit there. However, instead of getting multiple felonies, I only got two misdemeanors that night and a six-hour detox, which was amazing. And I, when I left that jail after six hours of being there, I got to look into the eyes of what a new hope in God would look and feel like. And I thank them. They, they've shown me more love than even my family have showed me, even before my addiction. Thank you, guys. Uh, that just goes to show you when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against him. She said that she called on the name of the Lord during the middle of the traffic stop, so he called his people. Right? Nobody called his people. The chief of police called us. That's crazy. And he's arrested me before, too. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, that's God. That's God. Now, the next young lady I want to introduce you to. Miss Sarah, come here. When Sarah came in, when Sarah came in, she was a sniveling mess. I'm talking a sniveling mess. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. But this woman, this woman, this is a transformation. Transfiguration. Transfiguration. She's been to the mount. I'm going to do this without crying, hopefully. Um, no, I can't. First of all, i got to thank God, because without God, I wouldn't be where I'm at today, for sure. Um, I do want to thank him for giving Tanya the revelation to seek out women that have been where she's at, because without revelation, I wouldn't be able to know. Believe it or not, I was on my way to Team Challenge. I wasn't supposed to wind up at Hope Dealers, but a divine appointment happened, and I called and when I heard Dusty's phone, voice on the phone, and he started talking, I started falling apart at the other end of the phone. And I knew that that was the place that I was supposed to be at and not Team Challenge. Um, believe it or not, I walked into Hope Dealers six months ago, broken, beat down, used and abused. I couldn't even hold my head up. Today, I know that no matter what, the enemy will not prevail against me. No weapon will prosper against me. I know that I know that I know that I know I am a child of God. I am an overcomer, and I have been redeemed, and I am forgiven. Yes. Now, if anybody ever doubts that prayers don't get heard, you're highly mistaken. Because for four and a half, 
Lydia, stand up. Four and a half months. I have prayed hardcore for God to prick my twin sister's heart and place her somewhere and not in her grave. Two months ago, on May the 23rd of this year, my sister walked into Hope Dealers and seed God. And the journey that she has made has been absolutely amazing. Just know, don't ever doubt that God don't hear your prayers because he does. I thank God for the restoration that has happened because I stand before you with my sister in front of me. I didn't have that six months ago. We hated each other when I came into the program. I remember the last fight we had and words were not very pretty. I told her I wish she died. She said the same thing to me. But today I told her that I love her and that she has forgiven me and I've forgiven her. And that people always say that we're bad for each other when we're together. No, you can't stop us when we're together. And I know that I know that I know that restoration will happen in due time with me and my children. And that, Terry, I want to say this to you, sister. Don't ever hang your head down. Because your children don't know who you were. They know who you are today. Oh, yeah, for sure. And believe me, y'all, patience has not very been my very big key thing, but God has been teaching me patience, and I didn't even pray for it. I didn't even pray for it. But I just want y'all to know that don't ever doubt, even though you might think that your prayers don't get hurt, they do. They do for sure. Okay, so in, uh, so in closing, just a couple more things real quickly. Number one, I'm going to tell you what makes us different. And I really don't care if they see this or not. I don't care. I'm going to tell you what makes us different. Love makes us different. Because if our phone rings, we answer our phone. We answer the phone. If I have to pack my bags and drive to Bonifay, Florida to save one life, I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. We've done it all the way to Branson, Missouri. We've done it. We're going to continue to do it. That's what makes us different. We're about the battle, and we want to continue to battle. There ain't no quitting, my God. Amen. 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 That's all I got, brother.